Wednesday. Happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. I hope you're finding ways to be at peace, to be at rest, to be positive, to be happy. It's still a lot and the adjustment of what's going on right now is not the easiest for any of us. But I hope you guys are finding ways to find the silver lining or at least manage to the best of your abilities. This past week, what I learned is that there's a difference between wisdom and control. And as somebody who really loves to be in control of the things around me, especially as they pertain to me personally, this was an, a very rude, hard, difficult pill to swallow, but I'm glad I'm where I am. (laughs) Wisdom is understanding. It's having foresight. It's being able to see and understand things in a way that's heightened, maybe so above the average person. And control is manipulation, even, even, even in a calm way. I say manipulation very lightly. Control is being able to manipulate the circumstances or the situations around you in whatever direction you deem fit. And when you have wisdom or when you perceive yourself to have wisdom, you can often see a lot of things with foresight, see what may may come in the future, what is coming, what's on the way, what you feel. And in that wisdom, there's often that pressure to now take control so that the things that you're seeing that are not positive or the things that you're seeing that are positive, you're now going to try and turn the situation and make sure and ensure that it goes the way that you've perceived it to be. But unfortunately for me and for most people who have issues with control, just because you see it (laughs) doesn't mean it's in your place to control it. And that's a rough one for me. And the gap between wisdom and control, I'd say is trust and also faith. And knowing that just because I see this and I think it's going like this doesn't mean it's in my pay grade <laughs> to touch it. And and there's nothing wrong with letting things take their natural course And it's not always our responsibility to fix things. And I know I've spoken about this in the past for my words to live by, but I feel that it really resonated with me this week. So I wanted to just talk about it again. Just because you see something happening around you doesn't mean it's in your control. And with that, I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for this past week, which were you owe it to yourself to do what you can. And I think this falls right back into the whole wisdom and control issue. And I guess I am meditating on my words to live by and they are really impacting me, which is the goal. (laughs) Um, I think it's important that we let the rest go and have peace with what isn't our responsibility. So when you do, when you do the best you can, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be perfect because Everybody has autonomy over themselves and they can do what they want. And sometimes what they want is in line with what we want and everything is rainbows and butterflies. And other times what they want for themselves 
or the way they want to go about doing something is not the same way we would personally choose. And in those moments where there's that separation and that deviation, it's up to us to be okay. And this is hard for control freaks like myself, (laughs) but it's important to understand what our responsibility is and what our pay grade is. And if something is above our pay grade, (laughs) we need to just be able to let it go and not touch it and not do, um, and have peace in knowing that we've done what we can and the rest is not in our hands. Because if you're someone like me, when things are not in your hands, you still try to find ways to put them in your hands so that you can mold and shape them into what you think is best for yourself and also best for the people around you. But unfortunately, that's not the power we wield. It's not the power we possess. So we just got to learn how to let it go and how to just be at peace, knowing that we've tried our best and that's all we could give and let the cards fall as they may. This week, I'm going to be talking about entrepreneurship. With everything that's going on in society right now, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, discomfort, the norm has been flipped on its head and people are unsure of what the future holds. Whereas before, they could at least make some deductions or some assumptions of what it would be. And right now with all of this going on, I've seen a lot of ignorance. I think that's the best word to use from a micro community within the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial world that is really out here telling people that You see, that's why you should be your own boss. You see, if you were your own boss, (laughs) you wouldn't be struggling right now. The man doesn't like you. These jobs you work for, blah, 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 blah. Just a lot of arrogance in the fact that these people believe that they have taken the right choice for themselves and that everybody who hasn't is now losing. And it's kind of a look at you, you suck kind of situation. And... I think this is an extremely, extremely dangerous and ill-advised rhetoric. Um, Entrepreneurship can be very positive, very fulfilling, very rewarding. But with that being said, it's not necessarily for everyone. And to use your space of privilege, which is what I'll call it, especially in a time like this where things are unsure, especially when you have your situation and your job in the hands of others from a place of, from a place of privilege to look down on people and blame them for not doing what you're doing to make them feel bad about a situation that already seems difficult and out of control. It's very ill-advised and it's disgusting (laughs) like quite frankly I think it's disgusting and to be absolutely honest this might be a hard truth not everybody is meant to be self-employed I think most people know this and when you're hearing these people talk and there's this insecurity right now and there's this vulnerability and there's this fear and then you have somebody in, in your ear letting you um leading you to believe that if you had gone the path of self-employment, you'd be better off and you wouldn't be screwed. 
that's not necessarily the case. And because of all of the um, unsurety in society right now, hearing those voices, it becomes much more difficult to decipher whether they're the truth or not. And to be honest, self-employment is not always easy or glamorous. I can tell you guys from personal experience and a lot of what we see online is the results after years of failed attempts, years of zero income, years of struggling. And they they come out and people show you the wonders and the things they can buy and the money they've made. But realistically, it doesn't start like that. And unfortunately, some people don't even get to the point of the rainbows and butterflies of being self-employed and all of the riches and abundance that can come with it. Um, so because of this noise that, and I'm calling it noise because I think that's what it is. There's a lot of noise right now. A lot of people talking, a lot of people doing, and with everything going on, it's hard to really clear your mind and see through the fog and see what is actually what you need versus just what is being fed to you at this point of vulnerability. So as someone who is self-employed, I thought I would share with you guys five things that have been very important to me on my journey. This is personal. This is non-exhaustive, but I think that since I'm new to this, I'm a baby entrepreneur. I, I became self-employed February of last year. And right now we're in April. So a year and two months, I'm still in the beginning phases. And I'm sure a lot of you guys, whether because of the current situation or because you've always wanted to, are really contemplating and looking into if quitting your nine to five and going this route is for you. So what I wanted to do was share with you five things that have been important to me to offer you a perspective and to let you really meditate and think about these things and see if it's the right path for you. You may not agree with all of this. Some of this might seem irrelevant to you and that might still be perfect. You might still decide to go this path and have the greatest success. But I think that the best thing for someone to do in my position is to share their experiences, to give you guys an inside look into what it's really like, not just sharing the glamour. So I'm going to give you guys five things that have been important to me on my journey in hopes that it will help you. And the first one is to work in reverse. When I decided that I was going to quit my job and become self-employed, the first thing I did was look at where I am. And the second thing I did was look at where I wanted to be. So where I wanted to be as in if everything goes the way I have planned and I reach the pinnacle of my success, what what would that look like? Or what would I hope for that to look like? Financially, business-wise, schedule-wise. And from this ideal fantasy, I started to work in reverse of if I get to this place of financial freedom and entrepreneurial gold, what would I need at this point? And f the things I started writing down were more so legal. So I would need a corporation. I would need trademarks. I would need to be able to keep my receipts. I would need to be able to understand corporate structure. And based on all the things I realized that I would need when I hit my pinnacle, I decided to put all those things in line from, from the beginning. Because the worst thing I could foresee was 
my growth or my progress happening at such a quick rate that I'm playing catch up on the legal things that I that I should have had in place. And what that can lead to, especially the the quickest and easiest example is to not have a corporation and then get a huge contract for let's say a million dollars for the sake of this conversation, a million dollar contract, you don't have a corporation, that contract goes under your name. So you get a check for a million dollars and it's under your name. So it's now considered your personal income. And the next thing you know, tax season comes around and you owe the government half. If you live in Canada, you owe them half of that money. Whereas if you already had a corporation in place, that money would be, the check would be written to your corporation and you could pay yourself a salary and the corporate taxes and the whole structure of small businesses is much more favorable than having all that money in your name as an, as a personal income. So I sat back and I thought about all the things I'd need and I got them done right away before I even told anyone about my business. Actually, I was incorporated before, as I was writing my book, before I even let it be known, I already, um, copyrighted my book title, all of these things. I started working in reverse. So my advice would be to look at what you want to become and see what you need to do now. And the preparation of these things takes a while. Um, incorporating in Canada didn't take me too long, but even just figuring out and doing the research and understanding what it now means to be incorporated, understanding what you can write off. These are important things to know. And you don't want to get into a situation where you end up shooting yourself in the foot, having to pay a bunch of tax, messing up on something, being audited five years down the line because of because of something you did wrong in year one, because you you weren't actually even prepared as much as you were for your growth. I'm sure most of the people who are listening to this and want to be self-employed, you don't want to be self-employed to not make a good living. You don't want to be self The goal of self-employment is not to suffer. It's not to make less than what you were making at your corporate job and have no financial freedom. The The goal is financial freedom. The goal is employment freedom, being your own boss. So if you want to get to that level, the wisest thing to do would be to prepare yourself because for some people, that level might take five years. And for some people, they might catch a lucky break and it takes five months. So if you know that's where you want to get to, it's wise to just do whatever you can in your power to prepare yourself now so that when you get there, you're comfortable. You're not playing catch up. You're not running around finding lawyers, holding checks, telling them to reissue it in another name and just doing a bunch of messy and unprofessional stuff. The second thing that has been very important to me on my journey was the ability to go deaf. And this might seem dramatic and it, it varies in its, it varies in, in the degree to which you need to go deaf. (laughs) And I think that especially in the early stages of starting a business and going about this entrepreneurial thing, it's important to go deaf, not just to bad news and bad input, but also to good input. And that might sound ridiculous, but let me explain to you guys. When you step out of what is known and what is comfortable and what's the status quo, there are a lot of voices. There are voices of encouragement. There are voices of fear. There's voices of fear coded in love. 
And one thing that you really need to have is the self-determination and the willpower to do this. If you don't have that, it's going to be very hard to make it through, especially in the other tips that I'm going to be telling you right after this. So the reason why I say go deaf to the bad is because it's discouraging. Like, (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. It's absolutely discouraging, especially when you're in seed form and you're starting something. It's, it sucks when you tell someone something in excitement and they, they shroud your optimism and your joy in a cloud of negativity, a cloud of their own fears that they're trying to impose on you. And that can really have us feeling like, oh, I didn't even think of it like that. And then before you know it, they've planted a weed of fear. And you know how weeds grow? They grow wild. One weed in a garden, if you don't pluck that with the quickness, the whole garden will be filled. And that's what our dreams are, especially at their infant stages. And on the other hand, going deaf to the good and positive is also an important part because there are, it's a blessing to have people around you, first of all, who will encourage you and tell you to continue on your path and do what you're doing. But if you're so motivated by the external validation that once it stops, you don't, you're not able to push, that's also a problem. Yes, there are fat, there are people on our team. There are our cheerleaders who will be there and who will tell us what we need to hear and encourage us. But there are times where those people are quiet and it's not necessarily because they're not proud of you anymore, but life moves on. They're doing their own thing. They're doing what they need to do. And they don't necessarily always have a chance to be sitting in your bleachers, cheering the loudest. And what happens at those points? If you are dependent on these people to keep you going, their lack of attention or their lack of cheering you on and encouragement can have you stopping just as quickly as somebody who you hold in high regard telling you something negative and discouraging you. So for that reason, especially in the beginning, you have to have the ability to go deaf. Take what you will, the positive, take the positive from the negative and take the negative from the positive and stand firmly in yourself so that when the noise fades and when these people don't come around the way they used to, it's not going to stop you from doing what you're doing because you truly believe in it, irrespective of what other people are saying. And that's what's going to keep you going at those times. As you continue to grow though, of course, take on whatever you can handle, but by then you have your roots set in, right? And people are also seeing the fruits of your labor and they're having more confidence in what you're doing. So hearing and taking in that stuff, it's not even going to mean as much to you. It's You're going to appreciate it, of course, but it's not going to be the catalyst that moves you or delays you, which is why I say you need to go deaf at first because you don't want to be pulled and pushed by external factors because when it's out of your favor, it's really unfortunate because a lot of people stop because people stop asking them how they're doing, you know, and you don't want to be that person. The third thing that has been important to me on my journey has been bracing yourself for turbulence. (laughs) And this just goes back into the fact that entrepreneurship is not always glamorous. It's not cute. It's not smooth. (laughs) And that's just the reality of what it is. 
there are going to be some ugly times and it's going to be rocky. But when you have that understanding in mind, it makes it much less likely for you to be knocked down at the moments where that turbulence hits. If you're not, if you're expecting sunshine and rainbows and a dark cloud comes and it starts to rain and you have no umbrella, you're going to get soaked, right? But if you have prepared yourself and have an umbrella in your backpack in case when the rain comes, it might be a surprise, but you'll be like, oh, I'm surprised that it came at this point, but I'm equipped with what I need to continue. And that's something people really need to keep in mind. And that's why I think the rhetoric of telling people that you see you should have been an entrepreneur, you wouldn't be in this situation is dangerous. And outside of that, being an entrepreneur, even in these unsure economic times, doesn't ensure that you're going to be able to maintain your business. Lots of these businesses are customer-based, front-facing. If your clients cannot afford their rent, they're not going to be paying for your consulting fees, realistically, you know? So the whole, even the rich, the very, very rich are suffering from in different ways from this situation. Maybe not with the same impact as you, but like the stock market, right? As of yesterday, I think it was, the price of crude oil dropped too negative. This is unprecedented. Like they're literally paying people to take it off their hands because there's so much of it because there's no planes flying. So the fact that people try to tell you that this is the best path and that this path has no kinks is very wrong. And if you're contemplating or considering coming, um, becoming self-employed, you need to prepare yourself for the turbulence and I'm sure a lot of people are very transparent. And that's why I said that the arrogance is coming from a a micro group within the community. But a lot of people are transparent and they do tell you if you pay attention and you do your research, you'll see that a lot of people do talk openly about their struggles and things like that. So you need to brace yourself for turbulence. The fourth thing that has been very important to me on my journey is being consistent. And this is being consistent when it's good, being consistent when it's bad. As I said, there will be turbulence. And in those times of turbulence, who are you? I think that's really where the where greatness is made, where the giants are made and where people are sifted from one another. Because as I said, rainbows and butterflies, it's easy to be good when things are good, right? And it's easy to keep pushing when you're getting the confirmation, when you're getting the sales, you're making the money, you're getting ideas. But what happens in those moments where you aren't? What happens in those moments where there's a dry spell and you're using your credit card to pay your bills? What happens in those moments where you've almost exhausted your line of credit and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you really believe in this as much as you say you do? Because that question can only be answered when those moments come up, when it's your back against the wall, when it's not glamorous, when it's not cute, when it's horrible, when it's like, if I go through one more month without making any money, I might have to file for bankruptcy. I pray it never gets that far for you guys. And I can say so far, it's never gotten that far for me, but Should it get that far, are you willing to continue on this path? Are you willing to wake up every morning at 10 a.m. and get everything you need to get done? Are you willing to ignore 
your friends and family and just be in your room if you can't afford an office and do everything you need to do? Are you willing to not go out for your friend's birthday and maybe just send them a gift card instead of going out, buying a gift, paying for dinner, paying for drinks, going to the club and doing all of that stuff? Are you willing to not go shopping or buy the things you you want for a year, two years? These are the questions because this is where consistency comes in. There are so many sacrifices with this lifestyle that if you're not willing to make them, you're not even going to get the best out of this lifestyle. Are you consistent enough that if you don't have a boss who's going to yell at you for coming in late, you're still able to show up and get everything you need to get done done? These are the questions you need to ask yourself because in the beginning, the, the, the excitement of something new it'll have you waking up early doing everything you need to do but what happens when it gets normal what happens when there's no more excitement are you able to continue to be consistent and this is something you really need to ask yourself and look at because if you're not able to be consistent if you're not somebody who can be self-motivated be a self-starter do it when you're uncomfortable do it when you don't feel like it do it irrespective of all the other the fears and everything around you, you're going to find yourself in a very dark and difficult place. And the fifth thing that has been very important to me on my journey is being too much. As you guys know, I am the president of the only too much for you society. I bask in my abundance. And when you're starting a business, you are everything. You are the boss, the founder, the cheerleader, the advertiser, the marketer, the treasurer, absolutely everything. And when everything is literally in your hands, when you are your business and every single department is run from your one body, you need to be unapologetic. You need to have that push. You need to have courage. You need to be unafraid. You need to be able to to step out there and represent yourself. I'm, and this is something I'm telling you guys because I still sometimes struggle with it. Sometimes I'll see opportunities and I'll actually be nervous to put myself out there or I'll introduce myself to someone and I won't really tell them everything I do. But when you do that, it's to the detriment of yourself because you're, this is only going to grow as much as you let it grow. And the hope is to get it to grow so much that you're not the only employee that you need to hire other people because you're able to, A, you can afford them and you need them to continue the growth that you're having. But in the beginning, you need to have that push. If you're someone who's too shy or self-conscious to even put yourself out there, you really need to reconsider or you need to like, yeah, you need to take a good look at yourself and see if this is for you. I wrote a book. I try to throw it in here every so often. And I've been sending copies of my books to people, finding celebrities, regular people, um, influencers. I'll find their email, send them an email. If they reply, I'll mail them the book. If If their address happens to be online, I'll close my eyes and I'll mail them the book. These are the things I've been doing because I, if I believe in this, this is how you show it. So for those of you who are considering entering into this lifestyle, you need to look at yourself and say, do I believe in what I'm doing enough to go out there and pitch it? If someone asks me about it, am I able to just say it? 
Or am I embarrassed or am I too shy? And just because you're too shy right now doesn't mean you can't develop that courage and you can't develop that too much mentality. But it's one thing that's very important. Closed mouths don't get fed, especially when you eat what you kill. So if you want to do this, you have to really be ready to do this. So just a recap of the five things that have been very important to me on my journey. Number one is I worked in reverse. Number two is go deaf. Number three, brace yourself for turbulence. Four, be consistent. Five, be too much. I really hope this puts things in perspective for you guys and helps you along your journey and gives you a few things to consider. There is so much more and these are based on who I am and what I've seen in the past year and some. And other people may have a bunch of completely different things on their list of what is most important to them, but I can only help you from where I'm at. And I really do hope that it's beneficial and helpful to you. And with that, I'll get right into the words to live by for this week, which are tune into what feels right. And I think this is so important. We need to drown. We need to quiet down the noise. Because the noise, the fastness, the busyness, the information overload, the fear, the insecurity, all of those things drown out our own voice. And when our own voice is so quiet and it can't be heard, we're missing out on what makes us who we are. And your spirit and your voice are the guiding lights. They're like the northern star that take you on your path. And when what I've learned about these voices or your inner voice is that it whispers. It doesn't really yell. (laughs) Like unless it's like life or death, it doesn't really yell. So the more you drown it out, it'll still be there speaking at that same tone, not really yelling above everything. So it's up to us to really, especially during this time, for those of us who are able to, to try your best to silence the noise Yes, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yes, there's a lot of people yelling at us right now, telling us what to do, get your life together, invest, do this, do that. We need to be quiet. We need to see and feel what we need. And then once we hear that voice again, it'll guide us and we'll be able to really tune into what feels right. Because when we're moving and operating in fear, what feels right isn't based in in who we are. It's more so based in our survival mechanisms, right? So I think for this week, what I'd try to advise you guys to do is to take a little bit of time, maybe five, 10 minutes, turn everything off and just sit quietly. Sit quietly with your thoughts, see what you hear, see what happens, see how you feel and go off of that. And trust me, I it's gonna bring you guys a lot of clarity on what you need to do next, what you don't need to do, and where you need to go. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.